You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Paranormal Pets is brought to you by Dog.com. For everything and anything dog, shop Dog.com today for all the top brands. Greenies, Frontline, Kong, Nylabone, Royal Canin, and more. Shop at Dog.com and use the promo code SADPETS, S-A-D-P-E-T-S, and get $15 off your order of $75 or more. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back because you don't have a cat and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, our ghost host. Hello, and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and I thought that for this episode, we might take a look at some of the supernatural animal happenings uh, associated with Christmas. Now, these are primarily legends and folk tales, but uh, nonetheless, they're actually kind of fun. So, we're going to take a look at a few ideologies out there from Europe and from America right after these messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say, Bigfoot. Don't run away. There's a movement afoot. Shoebuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop Shoebuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. Shoebuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code PARANORMAL at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash paranormal to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one-carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14-carat white gold. 
Exclusively yours from ice.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns, and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to ice.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at diamond.com. Ice.com or Diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. Welcome to Sassy Seniors, a show about our fabulous older dogs and cats. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. You know, I wanted to create a show to really showcase our senior pets. And you know, as the human population ages and lives longer, of course, so are our wonderful pets. But many of us with aging pets, it's so interesting. We have a tough time realizing or really admitting that they are seniors. So in a way, I kind of like to think of our senior pets as, as wise puppies. What do you think about that? Be sure to join us for another Edition of Sassy Seniors. And remember, celebrate your senior pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and we are going to start off. Uh, we have a few articles on Christmas and animal miracles, which I think is kind of interesting. Now, I do want to let you know that Christmas actually serves as a dual holiday, at least here in America. Uh, In the 1800s, President Grant declared Christmas a secular holiday. He declared December 25th to be a secular holiday. And that is why in America, even with the separation of church and state, legally places close. The federal government will close on December 25th. There are actually a lot of legends out there that are associated with Christmas, uh, both the more secular Santa-based legends and the more religious ideologies, which is what we're going to talk a little bit about today. And as you can hear, and I apologize, I seem to have some help from the peanut gallery. Odysseus is uh, apparently sleeping with, uh, what is it, images of sugar plums dancing through his dreams, right? And uh, one of the uh, current foster pugs is out. I'm not quite sure why she's barking, but I'll assume that she's excited to learn about this topic. All right, so we're going to actually start off with The Legends of Nature at the Nativity, which is uh, by Jeff Westover. It's actually a pretty decent article. Uh, It's at mymerrychristmas.com backslash 2005 backslash nature dot shtml. Okay. So it starts off, The Bible records a natural wonder, a sign in the form of a miraculous star that was visible in the heavens at the birth of Jesus. But beyond that singular miracle, the scriptures are silent on any other elements of nature participating in the nativity. Nevertheless, fantastic tales abound of animals speaking, of plants miraculously blooming, and of rivers flowing with wine as signs of the arrival of the Messiah. Even modern popular culture has kept some of these tales of folklore alive through movies and music. One legend speaks of a rooster who is from the stable rooftop declared, in Latin no less, Christus natus est, or Christ is born. Supposedly a raven heard this and then asked again in Latin when. The work replied, this night. The ox asked where. The sheep chimed in, Bethlehem. And the ass cried out, let's go. 
The story is especially beloved in some cultures because the Latin phrasing for each statement mimics the sound each animal naturally makes. European folklore teaches that the animals respond as humans on the night of Jesus' birth. The oxen kneel down in the stables each Christmas in commemoration of the event. Many are said to speak only on Christmas Eve. It is said that humans do not want to actually hear what the animals are saying because even though they have this gift of speech just one day a year, they usually don't have many kind things to say about their human masters. For others, even the beehives participate in the celebration of Christmas through the buzzing carols of praise and adoration for the Christ child. The robin and cardinal have long been associated with Christmas. This could be tied to folklore stories about the robin that stayed near the flames of the fire made to keep the baby Jesus warm by beating its wings all night so that the fire might burn brightly. So devoted was the bird to the cause that it was singed. Her breast was singed red by being so close to the flames. The stork is widely held in association with new births. This happy tradition began as a story of a stork plucking feathers from its own breast to make a down feather bed for the baby Jesus. Plants are also famed in folklore for their animated qualities and worshipful behavior on Christmas Eve. Christians living in Eastern Europe share tales of plants and trees growing along the banks of the Jordan River, bowing in the direction of Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. There are tales of the Christmas rose or other vegetation that miraculously blooms only at Christmas time. And in Russia, a folktale speaks of the river turning to wine, briefly at Christmas to mark the occasion. From France, Germany, Italy, and Greece, tales are told of mountains bursting open on Christmas to reveal rich veins of gold and diamonds. Some stories tell of buried bells long since silence miraculously toiling on Christmas Day. Each of these tales began as a means of teaching the importance of the birth of the Jesus Christ. It must be remembered that for centuries, the only access to the stories of the Nativity was through the Church. People did not own copies of the Scriptures, and if they did, they likely did not have the ability to read them. The story of Christmas was then passed from person to person, generation to generation. It is easy to see how stories could become more fantastic in time. So I just thought that was a, a really nice way for us to uh, start out this episode. And we're going to actually take a look at several of the Christmas legends as we go, particularly those associated with animals. So the next one that we're going to talk about, these are the legendary animals of Christmas. This was written December 13th, 2007 by Jill Stefko for Sweet101.com. And boy, Odysseus is definitely having lots of sugar plums and sweet dreams apparently right now. Animals are given the gift of speech for precious moments because they provided companionship to baby Jesus. In Europe, cattle rise or kneel in their stalls to pay homage to the Christ child. Bees in northern England gather together on Christmas Eve to hum a carol. Other Christmas animal legends include... Now this one we have talked about, the tabby cat Christmas legend. When Mary gave birth to Jesus, a tabby had a litter of kittens... The babe was restless and couldn't sleep, so Mary asked the animals to help her soothe him. They tried their best, but failed. Finally, one of the kittens crawled into the manger and snuggled beside the infant. The cat purred until Jesus fell asleep. Mary blessed the mother cat by placing the letter M for Madonna on her forehead and said that in remembrance of her kitten's kind act, all tabbies would bear the letter M. Then there's a little bit of a very short legend on a Christmas donkey. This donkey carried Mary to Bethlehem and on the flight to Egypt. The Nubian borough has a cross on its back because it was the donkey who carried Jesus in triumph to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Now that's all you get there. Robin Christmas Bird. 
On that cold night, Mary was lying in the straw on the floor beside her son in the manger. She was too tired and weak to keep the fire going so that they could stay warm. No one was there to help. The wind was raw, the fire dying. Mary asked the oxen in the stable to help her by blowing on the waning embers. They didn't respond. She pleaded with the donkeys to breathe upon the waning flames, but they were soundly sleeping and they didn't hear her. A female robin heard Mary's pleas and flew to the stables. She saw the Madonna and Jesus suffering in discomfort from the cold. She flapped her wings until flames started burning brightly. Some sparks seared the bird's breast, but the robin continued to stroke the fire until the stable grew warm. Mary blessed the bird for her courage, compassion, and helpfulness. She said that from then on, every robin would have a red breast as a remembrance of the great deed the bird accomplished. The Stork Bird of Christmas. Now this one I like, and just again as an aside, whenever you think of babies, usually the stork brings them. In fact, a neighbor down the street who has an insurmountable number of kids, oh well, for me anything more than none is insurmountable, but I think he's up to five. Every time a new kid is born, they put a stork out that says the, the gender of the child. So next time I, I see this particular person, I'll have to say, oh, by the way, <laughs> and we'll get into a lovely conversation. When Jesus was lying in the major in Bethlehem stable, all the world's animals went to greet the newly born babe. They knelt in prayer and adored the Christ child. The ox, the ass, and others bowed in their places in the stable, while the animals remained outside, hoping to catch a glimpse of the babe. A white-feathered stork came to see Jesus. She felt empathy when she saw him lying in the straw-filled manger without a pillow. The bird knew she could provide soft feathers for one, and tugged at the softest plumes on her breast to make the best pillow for the babe. When he laid his head on it, Jesus smiled. Because of this, the stork is considered blessed and the patron of babies. Seeing a stork on a chimney or flying in the air is considered to be a lucky omen. Now, the last story, uh, I'm actually not going to read from this particular site because this one I have a little bit more of a personal affinity towards. It's actually the story of the Christmas spider. Now, I'm going to start off prefacing this story by saying... I had read this legend a few years ago. I like trivia and odd stories, and uh, I actually also have a book on uh, some of the evolutionary aspects of Christmas, particularly of Santa Claus, and it is actually fairly interesting. In a recent event, actually, I was invited to create uh, an art fashion to be worn by a model for a fashion show at a local gallery, and I've done this before, and of course, since I already do art as, uh, and do some upcycling and recycling as an artist, I ended up trying to figure out a costume, because usually, obviously, these items aren't really going to be big sellers. It's just kind of the challenge of making the piece. And I work with metal wire, and making an outfit out of metal wire is, is a wonderful thing, but not for me. It would take an immense amount of metal and a lot of weaving, and um, I couldn't wear the outfit, most likely, if, if they were putting it on a model. So I started to try to figure something that I could do, that I could create this outfit, and then as time allowed, I could actually take it apart and make it into other statues. So one thing that I do make as an artist are found metal object dream catchers. I love the story of the dream catcher with the, the spider who transforms into the crystal to capture bad dreams. Uh, you know, it, it is related to Grandmother Spider, who is uh, a universal symbol in Native American myth. 
where uh, she actually uh, is the, the creator of the Universal Order through her web. Very, very neat story. So as I thought about it, I actually thought that I could do an outfit with uh, prototype uh, dream catchers, uh, more web-based. And uh, indeed, I was actually able to create uh, five of these webs, which I decorated with Christmas ornaments. Tinsel, uh, they're actually going to be tied together with garland. Uh, well, yeah, garland. And I even found, after Halloween, there was a, a headband that was 90% off. And by golly, it was a spider. So I'm actually very excited to be entering uh, this outfit because so few people actually know about the Christmas spider legend. And of course, as a paranormal investigator, you know, Halloween is one of those holidays I love. Spiders are almost always associated with uh, aspects of death, (laughs) interestingly enough, and creation. They're kind of a double-sided coin. But usually they're seen as a Halloween animal. So when I can actually find a Halloween creature that actually has a, a decent Christmas story behind it, I think that's just a fantastic thing for the winter. So uh, just wish me luck. Uh, I have the outfit made, and now it's uh, it's going to be seeing if we can keep it together and get it onto an artist. So, all right, the legend of the Christmas spider. This story comes from Germany and the Ukraine. Once upon a time, long ago, a gentle mother was busily cleaning the house for a most wonderful day of the year, the day on which the Christ child came to bless the home. Not a speck of dust was left. Even the spiders had been banished from their cozy corners in the ceiling to avoid the housewife's busy cleaning. They finally fled to the farthest corner of the attic. T'was the Christmas Eve at last. The tree was decorated and waiting for the children to see it. But the poor spiders were frantic, for they could not see the tree, nor be present for the child's visit. But the oldest and wisest spider suggested that perhaps they could peep through the crack in the door to see him. Silently, they crept out of the attic, down the stairs, and across the floor to wait in the crack in the threshold. Suddenly, the door opened a wee bit, and quickly the spiders scurried into the room. They must see the tree. They wanted to see the tree, and they must see the tree closely, since their eyes weren't accustomed to the brightness of the room. So they crept all over the tree, up and down, over every branch and twig, and saw every one of the pretty things. At last they satisfied themselves completely of the Christmas tree's beauty. But alas, everywhere they went they had left their webs. And when the little Christ child came to bless the house, he was dismayed. He loved the little spiders, for they were God's creatures too, but he knew the mother, who had trimmed the tree for the little children, wouldn't feel the same. So he touched the webs, and they turned to sparkling, shimmering silver and gold. Ever since that time, we have hung tinsel on our Christmas tree, and according to the legend, it has been the custom to include a spider among the decorations of the tree. Now, I I have actually read other legends that were a little darker, unfortunately, that basically stated that uh, the spiders themselves were turned into ornaments, and that's how you got the spider ornament. So uh, I'm not so fond of that story, because I don't think that's really fair for the spiders. They aren't doing anything. But if you don't know, and just as a little FYI for you, it is actually unlucky to kill a spider in the house. Uh, They are seen as emblems of good luck, believe it or not. So if you happen to see one go onto your Christmas tree, I just let it be, personally. The other thing I like about these stories is the fact that animals have uh, the ability to speak on Christmas Eve, but nobody wants to hear them because they have nothing good to say. Admittedly, with this house full of pugs and rats, and ironically, there are no pug or rat Christmas stories out there that I have found yet. Yeah, it would be quite a noisy household, although they better have nice things to say if they want to get what's in their stocking, right? Anyway, we are going to continue with this topic in just a couple minutes right after these messages. 
now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Feels like home for her. Enter the code paranormal and save 10% on orders of $65 or more, plus free shipping at petco.com. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to florop.com and use the code PARAPETS at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P dot com, code word P-A-R-A-P-E-T-S. the question, what do I want? What do I need? I'll take affection. I reach and mention. I need time. I need love. I crave attention. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best bets for pets. Every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. For the last uh, little bit of this particular episode, I thought uh, we might want to check out one of the most paranormal animals uh, associated with Christmas, who actually fits a little bit more on the secular side, and that is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I have to say that I love teaching religion 
primarily because the students will look at me when we talk about customs and culture and they'll say, oh, but that's so strange. And I just look back at them and I said, hmm, think about Santa Claus, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and the Tooth Fairy. Those are very strange customs that we have, but we don't question them because they're part of our culture. Well, it's the same thing here. So Rudolph is, is very near and dear to me. Primarily because what he is is a giant flying reindeer with a glowing red nose. If that ain't paranormal, I don't know what is. And indeed, on top of that, he apparently can travel at supersonic speeds, uh, breaking the sound barrier, etc., and, and leading the team. And if you watched all of the Christmas specials, he talks. Maybe that's that Christmas Eve thing kicking in for the reindeer as they can speak for a short amount of time. But uh, I went to Snopes.com, and hopefully this doesn't, uh, doesn't burst anybody's bubble, but I've actually known this for quite some time. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is actually uh, from the 20th century. He is not a part of the original legends, obviously. And um, indeed, he is part of an advertising blitz, which makes him, unfortunately, a very strong proponent uh, of the secular Christmas, which, of course, holds up retail every year. So according to Snoops.com, and this is pretty much what I've researched over the years, not my article, but still interesting. To most of us, the character of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, immortalized in song and popular TV specials, has always been an essential part of our Christmas folklore. But Rudolph is decidedly 20th century, an invention whose creation can be traced to a specific time and person. Rudolph came to life in 1939 when the Chicago-based Montgomery Ward Company, operators of a chain of department stores, asked one of their copywriters, 34-year-old Robert L. May, to come up with a Christmas story that they could give away to shoppers as a promotional gimmick. The Montgomery Ward stores had been buying and giving away coloring books for Christmas every year, and May's department head saw the creating and giving away booklets as their own way to save money. May, who had a penchant for writing children's stories and limericks, was tapped to create the booklet. May, drawing in part of the tale of the ugly duckling and his own background, he was often taunted as a child for being a shy, small, and slight boy, settled on the idea of the underdog ostracized by the reindeer community because of his physical abnormality, a glowing red nose. Looking for an alliterative name, May considered and rejected Rollo, too cheerful and carefree a name for the story of a misfit, and Reginald, too British, before deciding on Rudolph. He then proceeded to write Rudolph's story in verse as a series of rhyming couplets, testing it out on his four-year-old daughter, Barbara, as he went along. Although Barbara was thrilled with Rudolph's stories, May's boss was worried that a story featuring a red nose, an image associated with drinking and drunkards, was unsuitable for a Christmas tale. May responded by taking Denver Gillen, a friend from Montgomery Ward's art department, to the Lincoln Park Zoo to sketch some deer. Gillen's illustration of a red-nosed reindeer overcame the hesitancy of May's bosses, and the Rudolph story was approved. Montgomery Ward distributed 2.4 million copies of Rudolph the Booklet in 1939, and although wartime paper shortages curtailed printing for the next several years, a total of 6 million copies had been given by the end of 1946. 
The post-war demand for licensing the Rudolph character was tremendous, but since May had created the story as an employee of a Montgomery Ward, they held the copyright and he received no royalties. Deeply in debt from the medical bills resulting from his wife's terminal illness, she died about the time May created Rudolph. May persuaded Montgomery Ward's corporate president, Sewell Avery, to turn the copyright over to him in January 1947. With the rights to his creature in hand, May's financial security was assured. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was printed commercially in 1947 and shown in theaters as a nine-minute cartoon the following year. The Rudolph phenomenon really took off, however, when May's brother-in-law, songwriter Johnny Marks, developed the lyrics and melody for a Rudolph song. Mark's musical version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, turned down by many who didn't want to meddle with the established Santa legend, was recorded by Gene Autry in 1949 and sold two million copies that year. It went on to become one of the best-selling songs of all time, second only to White Christmas. A TV special about Rudolph, narrated by Burl Ives, was produced in 1964 and remains a popular perennial holiday favorite in the United States. May quit his copywriting job in 1951 and spent seven years managing his creation before returning to Montgomery Ward, where he worked until his retirement in 1971. May died in 1976, comfortable in the life his reindeer creation had provided for him. It might be fitting to close this page by pointing out that although the story of Rudolph is primarily known to us through the lyrics of Johnny Mark's song, the story May wrote is a substantially different in a number of ways. Rudolph was not one of Santa's reindeer or the offspring of one of Santa's reindeer, and he did not live at the North Pole. Rudolph dwelled in an ordinary reindeer village elsewhere, and although he was taunted and laughed at for having a shiny red nose, he was not regarded by his parents as a shameful embarrassment. Rudolph was brought up in a loving household and was a responsible reindeer with a good self-image and a sense of worth. Moreover, Rudolph did not rise to fame when Santa picked him out from the reindeer herd because of his shiny nose. Santa discovered the red-nosed reindeer quite by accident when he noticed the glow emanating from Rudolph's room while delivering presents to Rudolph's house. Worried that the thickening fog, already a cause of several accidents and delays, would keep him from completing his Christmas Eve rounds, Santa tapped Rudolph to lead his team. Observing upon their return, by you last night's journey was actually bossed without you, I'm certain we'd all have been lost. And I think that is just absolutely fantastic uh, as a story. So I'm not sure if we're removing the supernatural element to that story, adding to it, or just having a little bit of holiday fun, but there you go. The story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Very, very fascinating. And so with Rudolph now understood perhaps to a different degree, We are going to close out this episode of Paranormal Pets, perhaps one of the last for 2010. We'll see if the spirit allows us to have a little bit more fun this year or not. But I do want to wish you and yours a very happy and safe holiday season. Please remember to give your pets some extra treats and some extra love. Always support your animal rescues. We still have animals in rescues, so please, please, please keep them in mind. Make their holiday a wonderful thing by adopting them this year. With that, I will bid you a very, very happy and safe holiday season. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets where you can always expect the unexpected. 
Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>